Good morning. Today is Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. Yesterday we discussed the mitzvah of Egla Arufa, very strange mitzvah, and I discussed one approach. I mentioned another that I had shared with you some time ago, uh, inspired by Rabbi David Stav, as well as an essay by Alex Ozar. And I'd like to share it today because when I reviewed it, it is particularly relevant to what is going on in our society today with um, very applicable lessons for us today. So again, our Parsha, the Parsha of Shoftim, deals with the judicial system, um, honest and um, credentialed judges, and the existence of capital punishment, though uh, imposed with great, great hesitation. Um, we have in our Parsha the political system, the laws of government, some of the laws of government. We discussed the requirements of how society is to be set up. And uh, one of the clear points in our Parsha, as well as coming from earlier and, and later passages in the Torah, is that uh, murder is a, a very, very serious problem. It not only is a crime between one person and another, it is also a crime against God, obviously, and specifically in the land of Israel, it's an affront to the land. It pollutes the land of Israel. And therefore, the judicial system and the, the um, uh, holding accountable one who is uh, uh, um, proven to be a criminal in such a matter um, allows for a certain type of closure and balance is restored. Obviously, no judicial system can bring back the life of the victim. That's not possible. But the judicial system is not only concerned with the victim and his or her family, it is mainly concerned with that, but it's also concerned for the nation and um, the wider society. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, modern scholars have shown that the single most important thing we can do to prevent killings is to ensure they do not go unsolved and that justice is swiftly served. This was noticed centuries ago by Abarbanel, one of our great classic commentators living in the early 1500s. And he writes, were justice in the city as strong and precise as it ought to be, no one would dare commit a murder in its environs. And this has become a real problem in our society today. Now, let me share with you some very disturbing statistics from the United States. Obviously, Canada is not in anywhere near this kind of a level, but in terms of a trend within society, this should be worrisome to everybody. So, in the United States, in the years from about 2000, I'm sorry, 2010 
till about 2015, the number of murders per year was in the area of about 15,000 or so, 15 to 16,000. That is after a number of years of a lower murder rate. In 2016, the number rose considerably. But leaving aside the number of murders, let's look at a different statistic. How many cases were cleared? In other words, in how many murder cases was there an arrest made? Now, I'm not even discussing whether there was a prosecution. I don't have the figures for that. But let's just look at cases closed. That is, an arrest was made in a murder case. Over the 20-year period from 1996 to 2006 to 2016, over a 20-year period, that number was 59%. 59% of murder cases were closed, meaning there was an arrest made. That's nationwide in the U.S. In cities, it was much less. For example, in Chicago, the rate was 30%. 25%, even in recent years, 11%. And this is not normal. If we go back a few decades to 1965, in 1965 in the U.S., the national clearance rate was 91%. So there has been, over the last 20, 30 years, a significant decline in arrests made in murder cases. America is becoming a land in which murder is rampant and without consequence, which makes the mitzvah in our parsha very real and very applicable to us. Because this is the problem that our parsha addresses in this mitzvah of Egla Rufa. Now, because it recognizes that sometimes a person is killed and we do not have a perpetrator to convict. We don't have witnesses, we don't have evidence, we don't have testimony. That's what the Torah describes in this mitzvah at the end of the parsha. Some, we, we find someone who's been killed on the road out in between different cities and we have no witnesses, no evidence, we have no way to find a perpetrator to bring justice to bear. But the Torah says, and that's this mitzvah, that even if the ideal of finding a perpetrator and holding that person accountable is out of reach, even if the ideal is out of reach, still we as a society have a responsibility to justice with a large J. And that's the mitzvah that we discussed today. We're discussing we discussed yesterday and we're discussing today, and that's the mitzvah of Egla Rufa. When you find a dead body that has been murdered um, on the way in between cities, so the elders have to go out and they have to measure from which is the closest city, and then um, the there is this public 
ceremony where everyone collects together and the elders, the leaders say, We didn't do this. We're not responsible. We didn't cause it. And then the Torah says, Then they continue to say, God, please provide atonement for your people um, and remove uh, this immorality from our lives. This ceremony is intended to address the requirement that when blood is spilled on our land, we are, and we must be clear that we are, responsible. First step is we have to measure from the corpse, from the body, to the closest city. And the Talmud makes it clear that this step is essential. You can't just, by, by eyesight, oh, yeah, that's the closest town. It may be absolutely obvious, but an actual physical measurement is necessary to be taken, not only to the obviously closest city, but to all of the surrounding cities, even though you know what the answer is going to be. Again, it has got to be an investigatory process done in public. And every step of this is done publicly, involving everyone with transparency, in order to give public expression that this responsibility is shared by everyone. Rabbi Samson Rafael Hirsch comments, be it that only the one of them is called to take action in their instance, all are responsible for an occurrence such as this. And the Talmud says, the, the Torah itself just says Zakanim, the elders. The Talmud makes it clear that it's not just the local elders. It is the Sanhedrin Hagadol. And, and I'm glad someone asked me a question the other day. Let me clarify. In every town, there was a Sanhedrin, at least one Sanhedrin of 23 judges. In Yerushalayim, there was Sanhedrin Hagadol, the great Sanhedrin that was unique. That was the governing body, the, the, the leadership body of the entire Jewish people. They were required to come to this location for this ceremony. In other words, the involvement of local authorities was not enough. The Sanhedrin Agadol, the great Sanhedrin, had to come as well because an unaccounted for murder is not and cannot be simply the business of the local government alone. It is everyone's business. It is the nation's business. And then, all of those elders say these famous words, Our hands did not spill this blood. Again, I mentioned it yesterday. Who would have thought that these are the people that actually murdered this person? There's no, there's no suggestion of such a thing. What do they mean when they, say, when they say, our hands did not do this? So, yesterday I quoted one approach of Ibn Ezra. Today I want to, approach, I want to share with you a different approach of Ibn Ezra. And he says that their statement, 
we did not do this is connected to the next phrase, kaper amcha, atone for your people. And Ibn Ezra explains what they mean to say is, we did not commit this murder, but we still need atonement because we are in some way responsible. We were negligent, Ibn Ezra says, in not securing dangerous roadways. This murder happened because it occurred on a, on a highway outside of town, and we, the leaders, are, were negligent in providing sufficient safety at that place. In other words, leaders must take responsibility for more effective police presence, better lighting, fewer places for uh, a potential assailant to hide. And the Talmud Yerushalmi adds, our hands did not spill this blood. What does that mean? We did not let a known murderer go free. We uphold the rule of law. We did not fail to convict or carry out the sentence for someone who did commit a murder. We did not allow any known murderer to go free. Now, those opinions put the onus on the murderer, what we did or did not do about the criminal. Our Talmud, the Talmud Bavli, understands the statement of the elders about how we act towards the victim. The Talmud Bavli says, when the elders say, our hands did not do this, what they mean to say is, says the Gemara, we did not leave him without food or without escort. If we let a person leave our town without food or without escort, okay, so then, so what would have happened? So Rashi says something amazing. Rashi says, if a person leaves a town and he has no food and he has no escort, he has no way to support himself, he has no way to, to feed himself, he may turn to robbery to be able to feed himself. And if he turns to robbery on a highway, the intended victim may defend themselves. And maybe what happened is this person attempted a robbery of someone else, the intended victim defended themselves and killed this person in self-defense. Well, okay, that scenario changes the way that we view it. But what our Talmud is saying, the Talmud Bavli is saying, is that the elders are saying our hands did not commit the murder, but we still have to ask for atonement if we would have failed to provide this person with the necessities of life. Did we force, in quotation marks, in quotation marks, because of course everybody has free choice, but did we cause people to turn to crime because we did not provide jobs for everyone, because we did not do enough to eradicate poverty, because we did not do enough to support every vulnerable member of society, and then this person acted and was killed out of self-defense of the intended victim, and therefore, in a sense, again, not in a legal sense, but in a moral and a spiritual sense, it would be the elders who have a share in the responsibility of what happened by not providing the circumstances to prevent such activity. 
the elders representing the people, representing the nation, are responsible for preventing the murder of this criminal. Responsible to prosecute and punish offenders. Responsible to ensure safe passage from one place to another. And to see to it that no one ever face danger alone. To support a regime of public assistance so that no one goes hungry and no one turns to crime in a desperate hope for tomorrow's bread. In the end, this mitzvah requires unequivocally that we have massive engagement and exactness in the way that God burdens us over the taking of even a single life. That's a quote from Bukhar Shar, one of the classic commentators to the Torah. And the responsibility can only be meaningful if we're ready to look in the eye everyone whose responsibility it is to create a safer society. Finally, the words of Hey McDover, the Nitziv. He writes that when unaccounted for blood is spilled, it becomes an occasion for investigations into the past and resolutions for the future. A great thinker wrote, there comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And that is the magnificent and utterly relevant mitzvah at the end of our Parsha of Egla Arufa. My friends, have a great day and a safe day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.